Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. We're here live. Uh, we're down. We brought the mobile rig. We're down here on the uh, under the Westway Flyover in West London. We're literally in, in the shadow of uh, Grenfell Tower uh, right now. We're meeting with different people, uh, residents. We've spoken to quite a few so far on this show. And uh, there's also quite a few people who are coming from quite a long distance to to come down here to connect with the with the residents to connect with the community. I've got one gentleman with me here who has come up, you know across the English Channel basically from Normandy. I'm here with Scott Coben, and Scott's uh, written a, a, a really gripping uh, piece which he has posted publicly. Uh, on the wall down here by the uh, the garden that the residents have created by the murals and uh, welcome thank you for joining us Scott pleasure and so you've come from uh, Normandy come from France yeah I'm, I'm it's born in London but um, I live in France I lived in London for years but I was born here and I went to the States lived in Arizona California and Detroit uh, and now I'm a writer and so I just Thought, well, no, I wasn't here when it happened. I don't have people who died in the tower, but I was a firefighter in Arizona. And uh, when I saw it, like many people, I thought, oh, I see the word crime written all over this tower. Oh, there's something very dark, you know. So I felt compelled to come up here, and that's why I'm here. So, so when you when you first arrived here, um, when you came here, what were your first impressions? Because it's one thing, Scott, to see the pictures. Yes. We all saw it on the media. This thing has, has gone all around the planet, yes. this image. Yes. But when you came here physically, what were your first feelings, your impressions? Well, when I first saw the actual tower, I just saw ovens. I didn't see a tower. I saw lots of ovens. And I could understand when I read that the temperature inside had reached a thousand degrees which is only 400 degrees less than a crematoria which is 1400 degrees so I thought no those are ovens and then I thought wait a minute we're not in we're not in Beirut we're not in a war zone we're in my town here it almost looked like I was looking at, at a movie set that had been stuck against a silhouette and I couldn't I couldn't process it it doesn't look real no it, it, it's like nothing we've ever seen that's right um, we've seen buildings burn uh, partially yeah. yes. we've seen buildings uh, uh, who've done down by controlled demolition yes. or you know yes. things with wrecking balls you know yes. or fires have been put out and you know part of the buildings burned maybe half but and yes. when have we ever seen a building go up like a matchstick yes like this it's unbelievable Scott yes I think if you'd even soaked it in petrol it wouldn't have gone up in gasoline, it wouldn't have gone up much faster. So this is unprecedented on on a lot of levels. This is an unprecedented event from a fire level, from a disaster level, also from the, from the community level. Here, people are in shock. Yes. They they weren't. No one's no one could be equipped for no, this. No, nobody's equipped for this. There, there's no rule book. There's no uh, manual for dealing with this situation. No. This is totally unique to this situation and I am i don't know what to say when I see the residents doing what they're doing there's a lot of people who don't know what to they're just doing something and, yeah. and, and I get that feeling here people just just do something and when I see the residents doing that it it, it is um, it gives us a lot of reason to have kind of hope for humanity but then on the other side 
We see the, the, the state, the government structures, the so-called NGOs that are involved, and they don't seem to be, to us anyway, uh, as active or engaging as what the community are doing for each other. And that bothers, that's bothering a lot of people. And th that's one of the things that we picked up from a lot of residents. So uh, I'm amazed at what people have been doing on their own back here. I mean, just this, this whole under the Westway, the mural, the art around here, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, you know. Well, it's like a, a small universe within another universe. They are a universe unto themselves because they've had to become that way to because they already have been marginalized by the the country they live in so i can't imagine this tower having gone up the way it did and having consumed the lives of possibly hundreds within a short period of time had it been in a very wealthy part of london in an upmarket high spec building with the latest fire prevention this this looks like someone had soaked it in gasoline and put a match to it and even the farmen couldn't couldn't believe what they were seeing, the speed at which it was um, covering the building. And then suddenly it seemed like the inside was becoming an inferno. Where did that flame come from? Yeah. Flames don't take suddenly take a right turn. I was a firefighter in Arizona. They don't suddenly, flames don't behave that way. So within what seemed like a very short period of time, we have, what, 24 crematoria. We have 24 ovens. Ba mothers throwing their babies out of the windows and then falling back into the flames in one of the wealthiest boroughs in the world, in one of the leading cities in the world. That's incredible. So I, unlike you and many others, I can't, I think the magnitude of the, what's happened here may take many, many months for it to slowly work through the psyches of the people so they can feel the rage, the towering rage that they need to feel. And certainly the government, who at the moment appear to be incapable of feeling anything human about this. The, the, what brought this situation to bear, really, it's indicative of such a deep level of systemic, institutional discrimination. Uh, de dereliction, corruption, discrimination, yes. all of these things. Yes. Like you, you, you put it perfectly, Scott. You said if this had happened in, in a wealthy uh, building with, 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 you know... High spec. Like down in, let's say, uh, down in Tower Bridge, some of those yeah. new conversions along yeah. the old docks. Yeah. All high specs. They probably have the latest sprinkler systems. Yes. Uh, they've yes. got fire doors. Yes. Uh, so the whole thing is containable. Yes. Well, you worked in firefighting, so you know that yeah. there's certain buildings where the fire could be contained and there's oh, others yeah. in this this thing there's absolutely it seems like there was zero containment and high flammability plus gas you've got gas uh potentially cyanide gas cyanide gas yeah. and gas explosions yeah. as well yeah. from the pipe uh yeah. exposed piping i mean it's a nightmare yes and one staircase so yeah. you refurbish a place and you're given what eight to eleven million pounds and you don't even get a, an escape staircase mm. And you don't even get sprinklers? Whoa, where did the rest of that 8 million go to? I'd love to know whose pocket that went into. Come on, this is common practice. Profit is the new god. And this is a Britain, Britain's 9-11. And if this doesn't change the culture, the malaise that's sweeping this, this government, nothing will. And this is a one chance. And, and we don't need another one like this. Yeah, it, it is tragic that... Uh that it's come to an event like this that that has to bring the community together that, and realize that there is a opportunity here to 
for some real change, for some reform. Uh, but it, it's tragic that it took an event like this yeah. to, to, to wake people up to that. But you know what? I think this community was already awake to it. Yes. Because they sprung into action yeah. so fast. So, so that means these issues are actually in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Yes. Uh, this isn't an afterthought. This, these are real issues that the, this community is definitely wise to, mm-hmm. and they're awake to. Mm-hmm. And I think I see I see it around London as well, Scott. In South London, they're awake to gentrification. Mm-hmm. They're awake to this whole regeneration mm-hmm. sales package, mm-hmm. which has been really, to me and many other people, it seems like a another way, another path to redevelopment mm-hmm. and where you get the poor people out, mm-hmm. get the ethnic people out, bring in the high paying tenants, bring in the expensive properties and everybody makes money. That seems to be the, the religion in London for so many decades uh, and so people are very very awake to it now more than ever and uh, it's an extraordinary time right now. Well I've read read it more than once on the notices notes around the borough here the word uh, social cleansing it's only one step away from the word ethnic cleansing which usually only happens in like the Balkans I was in Bosnia in the war and Russia and places you know this is London it's whoa I, I think this is the biggest crime scene in the British history and unless they deal deal with it with the gravitas which matches the gravitas to the horror that happened in that tower, then this government needs a revolution. Because nothing else is going to seem to work. It needs, a, it needs an uprising. If this doesn't do it, then it needs an uprising. They need to, someone's accountable for this, and they're going to have to go down for a long time. If the government doesn't take care of that, someone else will. People will. If, if you, do you think it's possible, this is an interesting thing you've touched on here, that for so long, the complaint you hear from a lot of people over the last 20 years is that the government is at such an arm's length from the public. We feel so remote from them. They're out of touch. They're detached. We don't feel like we have access to the decision-making process. Do you think that an event like this has the potential to transform, possibly, or re redefine that relationship between the people and government? It has to. It has to. That's the only right result that's any right um, cause and effect that has to happen because this this government is also responsible for turning an area called Mosque Side in Birmingham into quote unquote a hotbed of Islamic extremism. What? In our own country we invited them in so they can practice letting up their bombs in the Lake District. There's an area um, um, in London that is, that is designated by MI5 as we speak as quote-unquote red-hot because the most dangerous terrorists in the world quote-unquote hang out there I just read a book by an ex-MI5 agent you know this government has disasters waiting for it disasters waiting to happen on its head playing with fire oh they have no clue what they're playing with they've turned this little island into a potential nightmare Mm. and this is just one problem but this one I hope with all my heart that it, it changes the, the culture and the, the thinking in this government once and for all as a, as a showcase for the rest of the world so that their governments can maybe think, oh, we can't get away with our lies anymore, you know. This government should not be allowed to get away with this, should not be allowed by law 
I mean, this should be the biggest criminal investigation in the history of England. Those people deserve that, those people that died, potentially hundreds. How is the government going to prove with a thousand degree temperature in these ovens that there weren't hundreds of people in there? They can't. They can't prove it. We've got them right by the balls there. They can't prove it. Because I've already picked up enough evidence from people, survivors around here today, that tells me with, uh, plus with what I've read in the news, that there is potentially nothing but ashes left. You can't tell a body from ashes. I've, I've seen it. I've seen people dying in the flames, you know. So I hope that the voice that this person said the community doesn't have is heard high and mighty by this pathetic government. I hope, it's, I hope the community screams and roars at the government till it's sick of hearing the sound and does something about it. Because mm. this is a failure on so many levels. Mm. You know, a failure of heart. Yeah, and, and and it seems to me, from the more people we speak to, uh, a failure of empathy. Oh, on a massive well. scale, on a massive scale, they are so brainwashed by this 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 god prophet and the the greed, uh, the culture of greed. They're incapable of seeing that those humans in there. You know, I would love to take Theresa May in her cabinet and walk them around the tower barefoot, leave your shoes shoes downstairs, Mrs. May. I'm going to walk you around. I'm going to let you sift, just walk through the ashes of the people that your your system killed. Maybe not consciously, but my God, my piece I wrote, it has a thing called the silent wish. The silent wish is actually institutional discrimination on a subconscious level. It happens. Mm. It, it's not, I'm not a fantasist. Well, it's it, the thing that no one, no one likes to talk no, about on that side of the fence. But it's inside us, yeah. in certain, certain people. And the decisions they make, such as which cladding to use, which material to use, is fueled by that decision-making. And it's a collective subconscious decision. But it exists. You know, everything is not just what we see. There's a lot of stuff we don't see that is the real reality. The primary reality is the inner reality. And that's where some of these decisions that have life or death consequences are made. Mm-hmm. But the government is too, too dysfunctional to realize this finesse, you know? So they see this and they still don't get it. So there, it, 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 we were talking about this earlier with, with Mike. Uh, they, I, I'm looking at the situation. I don't think this is fixable. Exactly. I, I really don't think it's fixable. Yeah. I think they are so far gone yes. uh, with all of these arm's length management organizations yeah. and quangos and PPPs yes. and part private and all these committees and task yes. force and yes. gold command. I, I, I really I see all of this activity going on yes. and millions of dollars being spent with all these bureaucratic committees. And I see the only people doing anything down here are the are the residents yes. for the, for each other. Yes. And and that that really defines the failure of of the scale of it. I don't think it's fixable. I I totally agree with what you just said. Exactly, it's not fixable. They've created a monster, and they don't know how to kill it. They created this. This you know, 9/11 allegedly was Osama bin Laden and his team. This was the British government who did this. This is the British system that did this. They Who's didn't invite terrorists to come. Not yeah. a terrorist attack. Yeah, this, you know? this is done from the inside. Yeah, the, the responsibility absolutely is laid at the feet. Oh yeah, of of of, of this of the government and its oh, agencies. Yeah. Yes, clearly. Yes, this, this is a cut and dried case. Yes, but what's going to happen? We're, we told there's going to be an inquiry, and there's going to be a. A barrister or a QC or somebody with a CERB 
shortly for their name, will be in charge. Mm. We've seen many, you've seen many inquiries in the, in the past. Mm. What is normally the result of these inquiries? Mm. Will there be justice this time? Will the residents demand justice? Will it be different than the, the David Kelly inquiry or inquest? I can't remember if it was an inquest or an inquiry. Was it, what's the difference anyway? The guy who was killed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, he's, we're told he committed suicide in, uh, he, he, in the woods. That's, well, that's the official story. So, but. For, yeah. <laughs> you want to get a white middle-aged uh, QC to run this show? Jeez. What's the name of the judge who's running the inquiry again? I can't remember. Yeah. Hunt? No, this this inquiry for Grenfell. Oh, um, um, I can't pronounce his name. They all know who he is. All the residents. Yeah. Yeah. They're, They've even come up with a nickname for him. Actually, I heard it the other night. He's already being referred to in a slightly derogatory uh, nickname. It's a play on the words, the sound of his his own his name. I don't even sort of put that out on air, but um, let's just say there's a lot of distrust already between the residents and the sort of the power structure that's coming in to fix the situation. But so. truth, truth, the word truth, and it's not synonymous with politics and council meetings. Is it? I've been in council meetings in the city. I've worked for this city as a designer, and I can tell you that I can see how easy it would be to manipulate the, the meetings and the results of the meetings and the paperwork and the paper trail to make this tower look like an accident. I can see how they could manage to do that. They're so polished. They're, so, they're such professional con artists, to put it bluntly, that they could, they could easily make this look like an accident on paper, just as they, could, they were able to convince themselves that they were doing the right thing and that everything they put in that tower was safe. They managed to convince themselves. It's in the well, paperwork. Patently, it wasn't the case looking at that tower. I don't see safety there. I see crime written all over it, yes. So I, I hope that, uh, as I said in the piece I've written, I... I wish with all my heart that the uh, the dearest survivors of Grenfell express as much rage as possible towards this government until it breaks the government's, um, what is the word, breaks their inability to feel. They've got to start feeling. These are real humans. There's a weird sense I get from this child. The first time I walked up, I thought I had this sense of, oh, they're expendable. Life is cheap. Their lives were cheap, is what I saw written all over the town. Oh, well, why? Because they're minority? Minority babies being thrown out of the windows by mothers who fall back into the flames? This is Orwellian. This is Kafkaesque. This is off the scale. And this is happening in my own city. Jesus, not in some war-torn, ravaged country. Right here. You know, it's incongruous. And then the leader, the new leader of the council gets up and says, Oh, we're sorry, we let them down. No, you didn't let them down. You murdered people. There's a difference, lady. Jeez, get real, you know. So don't get me started. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you've written a, a great piece, and you can go down here and you can see uh, Scott's piece. It's, uh, it, it's a long, it's a big poster. It's printed out on a giant poster. 1,400 you, words. And you put, you put it up on one piece, up on the wall, with a lot of other beautiful stuff. Everybody's contribution down here yes. is just uh, yes. moving. It's emotional just to come down and just walk through it and and look at the personal the personal touch that everybody has put on this is you can't help but be not be moved you know by this it is it is really that extraordinary i have to add 
um, Patrick, I, I'm <clears throat> I'm not related to anybody who died in the tower. I, I did. I don't live around here. I'm simply a voice that I'm I'm expressing a voice, and in the hope that it inspires people to to have confidence in expressing their own feelings, the survivors. So I I don't want to, you know, I'm not taking any credit for anything except today I've had a hug and a couple of hugs from a couple of survivors, and that means a lot to me. And if the few words I put down add anything to the community voice, then all the better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we may we we might uh, we may. Uh, possibly we'll publish your story on 21st Century Art if, if it's available. We'll let you. We'll be in touch anyway. Yeah, I'll email it to you afterwards. Yeah, sure. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. This is a live radio program. We're down here, uh, uh, Westway flyover, right by Grenfell Towers. We're in West London in Labrick Grove. I'm here with Scott Coban and uh, our other guests, and uh, we're going to welcome Mike Robinson back uh, back for the final segment. But. Uh, Thank you very much, Scott. Pleasure really appreciate it. And Great. T- take care. Yeah, thank you. And safe journey over the English Channel back <laughs> home to your, to your new home. Thank you very much. Yeah, take thank care. You. Thanks. Take care. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after these messages. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. Stay right there. Fort Sugar Ray, he would say that the thing ain't the ring, it's the play. So give me a stage where this bull here can rage, and though I can fight, I'd much rather hear myself recite. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Kenningson. We're down here in West London in Labrick Grove, and we're talking to a number of residents uh, here and to different people who have had different experiences uh, in from the Grenfell fire disaster and some incredible things that the community has done to come together. I've got one of those uh, residents with us. Uh, she's actually been on the show when this story broke a couple of weeks ago. Liz uh, came on the show. And she had uh, met with Miles uh, down here, uh, pretty fresh after it happened, a couple of days. And uh, Liz is with us again. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Liz. It's, it's great, it's great to pleasure. see you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to uh, share these moments with you and these experiences that we're all going through. And being in our community, you can feel exactly how we're all feeling. You get the vibes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of different emotions um, and very different from initially a month ago right things have changed um some families have received uh, uh, the bodies of their loved ones so some funerals have taken place but far too few so there's there's a big issue around um 
where the bodies are. Um, a resident at one of the meetings did ask the head of the council, Elizabeth Campbell, this specific question, where are our loved ones? And she turned the question around and said, are you asking me about identification? Uh, you, you have questions around identification. That's not the question. The question was, where geographically are our loved ones? Yeah, are they in a morgue? Are they in a skip? Are they um, where? In the tower still? Where? So a lot of questions have not been answered, but every day uh, new questions are arising on so many different topics yes because we have legal issues we have health issues um, we have moral issues we have psychological issues so you know the list is quite long and going into it um, it, it, it could take all day uh, but trying to sum up some of the issues that have come up now new issues um, things like where has the money gone Things like, where have the donations gone? We now know that some donations are in warehouses. Um, survivors need items, and they can't access these items. We now know that the Red Cross has taken over. They actually sent a letter um, praising themselves and saying how wonderful and how f they are and how fast they reacted. Actually, they, we, didn't, we didn't see any Red Cross here for at least three weeks. I don't know what they're talking about. And all the local residents don't know what they're talking about. But they're, you know, inflating them, their, their egos and making themselves look so amazing when actually they've been an obstacle. Yeah, we, we've heard uh, a lot of things about some of the charities, the NGOs. There's a lot of activity coming from that side. But the, the, the real sort of work I see is really the community. Definitely it's, grassroots. I, I see people grafting on the street here, and I don't see the same graft going on. I see high-vis jackets. I see lanyards. <laughs> I see when I see a, a colored lanyard, immediately I know that oh, this person. You switch off as they're well. Not, they're not going to help me. This is how the, the locals have switched off. You know, so when they go in to let's say the centre, which has been designated for help, um, they get so much red tape. They get so much bureaucracy uh, that it is disheartening. So they'll go back again and again to the center that's been designated, which is the West Way for the moment, but that's going to shut down. It's going to move somewhere else. Obviously, there's no consistency. There's no continuity for these people who need some continuity. They need some stability. They need a base. So it's really disheartening when you keep going to the center, asking for certain things and not getting them or asking for information, not getting it you get turned away over and over again. You're going to stop going at some point. When you're coming all the way from your hotel, wherever that might be, whichever part of London, you, you, you go through the emotional trauma of having to walk past your uh, former home that's um, you know now a crematorium and go down and beg for stuff that actually you're entitled to, mm -hmm. that you don't have to beg for they should be giving to you they should be actually going they when i say they i mean the council delivering it delivering they should be they should have a key worker for every single person which they don't that's not a lot to ask by the way go up to the hotel in the morning get a list of things that are needed and then go to the warehouses or wherever it is pick them up and then deliver them why is it so difficult yeah so that's another issue there's so many issues at the moment
and um, I, I'm really touched um, by uh, seeing seeing the your some of the people that you're connecting with, and, and they're coming from all different parts of this estate, different walks of life, different professions. It's not any one type of person. It's a really odd, I would say, a motley crew that's come together, and a lot of unsung heroes doing a lot of things between the lines that is not going to make headlines. And definitely you will find that the people who are doing most of the work are under the radar because we have to protect the identity of these families. They are being harassed and hounded constantly, whether it's uh, charities that want to make a name for themselves or churches, organizations, or maybe their firms, legal firms, they will want to make some money out of it. So, you know, they're being harassed constantly. And everybody want to, wants a bit of these people, a bit of these families. It's, it's our job to keep them under the radar. We need to protect them because we're talking about kids. We're talking about people with health issues, vulnerabilities, you know, and, 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 what a lot of these organizations want. They want to make a name for themselves. Well, that's why they're down here. We never saw them down here before. You know, they just turned up now saying that they're, they're um, in charge of the operations like the Red Cross. That's a load of rubbish. Yeah. They're supposed, they were, it was funny, uh, right a couple of weeks after the government announced this big announcement, we are handing over relief operations to the Red International Red Cross. They're always outsourcing. And, and this was a big headline. This was a huge headline. Please, they're, they're, they're so one of the most corrupt organizations. I was actually in Haiti 2010, January 2010, when the earthquake happened, and we saw the Red Cross doing nothing but collecting money. They collected so many billions of dollars, and they only built six homes. And we know they didn't help the people because we were with the people, and we were the people. So exactly what they did in Haiti, they're allowed to do in the UK. How can it be possible that we have internally displaced people in UK right now? Yeah. When it's in time of peace, this is not war. But as you say, it looks like a war zone because it is a war. It's the war of the classes. This is a class war. Everybody's well aware of that. And they keep uh, bringing us people, new people uh, who are going to save us, new saviors like you know, Elizabeth Campbell. Tie your hair back, roll your sleeves up, and get your ass down here and do some hard work. We want to see you with the people. Yeah. We don't see any of that. Even something simple like going and handing out water. That it, we brought over, I don't know how many bags uh, this afternoon. It was gone within a couple of hours. It's empty now. Obviously. It needs to be topped up. Obviously. There, so where are all these workers and, and, and volunteers uh, from these organizations? I don't see them. And they're not yeah. volunteers. This is what people don't understand. You get the Red Cross here, and they're, they're receiving a salary. The executives are making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. You know, their annual salary is over 150 a year. This ridiculous. It's obscene For amounts of money. Obscene amounts of money. Yeah. Same, save the children. Obscene amounts of money. And it doesn't trickle down to the people who need it. Yeah, they're businesses. And they are, uh, there is no accountability. Why do we see this? We see this in Africa. We see it in South America. We see it in Asia. We see it all over the world. We see it in Great Britain. And nobody's taking responsibility. And there is no accountability. Where is the government in this? No. I think the government works with these people. I think they're benefiting from all the tax cuts and all these charities. Award, must be and the award ceremonies that are going to be handing out awards 
and maybe some OBEs will be handed out for their great relief work at Grenfell Tower from this charity. Who knows where it ends? But we all know the sort. It's the same charade. But what we understand as residents, we might be simple people. We might not be extremely well educated. All of us. Some are. What we're trying to, we're trying to get down to the bottom of how this this works. How does this system actually work? Because we know they're not telling us the truth, right? So we need to figure out, follow the money, and see who is making money out of our misery. This is what we need because it's a universal thing. This is global. This is not just here. It's all over the world that they're taking the Mickey. You know. So we need to find out what the mechanism and the strategies are because these people are evil. They live in luxurious homes at the expense of other people. We're talking modern-day slavery. These are other issues here. There's so many underlying issues here, social issues. You know, and people have got a grip on this. They know. They're not dumb. We're not dumb. I noticed that. You know, so they've had a grip on this for a long time, even before this fire, by the way, because I saw how fast people knew exactly what points to go straight for. And it wasn't, it wasn't a delayed reaction. So this has been on the minds of people for a while, uh, is what I'm saying. This is obviously a big trigger. But, it's a catalyst, but, isn't it? But this, people are becoming awake to this for a while now. Regeneration gentrification, social engineering. People are, do understand that this is happening. But the, the thing is, Patrick, what they're doing here, this gentrification, they've, they've planned it many years ahead. They know exactly what they're doing. They're going to demolish all this. Well, I'm looking at the flats that are going to be demolished so as we speak. So how far is the plan ahead right now? What do you think the plan... They're only at the beginning of the plan. How long is it? 50 years, do you think? I or? don't know. I, I can't tell you this. But it's what a I long can range. tell you is happening at every single point of North Kensington. Um, I spoke last time I was on your show about our local college, Warnington College, Kensington Chelsea College, adult education being demolished. Right? That was another uh, scandal. You know, they won't own up to it. Um, they're all connected. It is about real estate. It's mm. about real estate. Property values. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is at the end of the day. And we're expendable for them. We're treated like cattle. And the way that the victims have been treated, I don't like to call them victims. I prefer to say survivors. The way that they, they go into the center, the Westway Center, they've been put, they get a wristband. They look like they're, you know, you remember in the Holocaust how the Jews had to wear this star. Yellow it's star, to say yeah. everybody can recognize who they are when they come out of there. They're the victims, yeah? And, and they feel stigmatized. Treat them like human beings, for heaven's sake. They're not cattle. Yeah. So it's lanyards and wristbands, and uh, this is how you uh, heard <laughs> heard the residents around to to get what's entitled to them. Really, it should be like you said. It's a good point. I think it's worth highlighting. It should be delivered to wherever they are. They shouldn't have to come. It breaks everybody's heart. This is why people are sad and angry. It's so many emotions and it's frustration because you know they're so powerful and they have a way of doing things. They totally disregard us. They don't consult us. They don't come. I said, roll your sleeves up and come down. Ask us, what do we need? Talk to the victims. What do they want? Don't give them stuff they don't want. Give them stuff that they need, okay? It's not that difficult to figure out. But what they're doing, they're sneakily wearing these victims down. They're giving um, 
pills like Smarties, you know, sleeping pills, antidepressants. People are currently suicidal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wouldn't you be? A lot, and a lot of people, not a few. We're talking about, uh, you know, substantial numbers of people. Do you know what conspiracy theorists are saying? They're saying, oh, the council wants them to top themselves. Less, less people to worry about. You know, there's people thinking this way. There's people thinking in a very weird way because you don't have transparency. So it's created a vacuum for speculation. Exactly. Is what you, is what it's sad, but people are going to make up stories. Naturally. In any situation, they will. So that comes back to the government again. It, it comes back to their door. They're so far removed. Yeah. They're not in touch with reality. They need to get off their yacht and get down here. They need to be human. They need to sit down and have a cup of tea. You know, I congratulate the Queen for coming. She was on the first... You know, I, I really did not expect that. And she was so close to the people. She only had five bodyguards, I heard. It was, some, it was an amazing thing she did. And they need to come back because the Prince promised the people that he was coming back. But we, what we need to be doing, we need to bring our people back here. We need to stop all regeneration for the moment until we can restore... Not until we can restore. We need to stop all regeneration forever. Not for the moment, forever, unless we can establish some written and signed contracts that say that, yeah, if we're going to knock your home down, we're going to replace your home, the same, the same space in a new home with better, better conditions for you. Sorry. That you can live in. That you can live in, yes. Not send you to home. Leeds, not send you to Sheffield. Exactly. Yeah. But they have to sign on the dotted line saying that you're not going to take the piss this time. Nobody believes them. You have meetings, community meetings, and you've got people shouting from the back, liars, 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 rats, liars, because people don't believe anything anymore. Yeah. And there's, a good, and there's a good reason for it's that. It's damage. Yeah. It's damage. They need to repair that damage. And the only way to repair that damage is to become humble. Get off your high horse and humble yourself. You are not God. You are not above God. You are the same as us. Your shit smells the same as our shit at the end of the day. Sorry yeah. to use bad language, well, but, you know, we're human. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's, the point, point is taken, absolutely. That's what they need to do. Yeah. That's when we're going to start start having confidence. You know, it's so bruised, so damaged, so hurt. You, people are even mistrusting each other now because they've lost faith. And when you lose faith and hope, what else have you got? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what this community has that it has to preserve. They've got to stick together. And I'm seeing a lot of people, I'm seeing some strong bonds here. They were strong before, mind you. I know this neighborhood. It's, oh, you know, you know our carnival. Yeah, you know, it's a special, a special community. Everyone knows that. That's why people want to live here. That's why all the celebrities want to want to live here because there's a special community. They want to move in and and steal what we've got. Mm. Or absorb it by osmosis. Yes. It'll be cool. But you, if, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it, mate. <laughs> you know, cool, you're not going to get it. You can't buy it. It doesn't matter how much money you throw at us. You can't buy what we've got. We've got it, but you ain't. Yeah. You understand? And that's why, yes, we do. We've always had a lot of artists here. It's always attracted Bob, Marley, Cat, Stevens, all the big World, names. Worldwide. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and visual artists and, and, and everything. 
it's because of this spirit we have. We have a spirit, a creative spirit, but also a spirit of love, which, you know, love covers everything. At the end of the day, you know, if you love your neighbor, what else do you want? You're sorted. We knew our neighbors who died in there. We knew them and we loved them. Yeah, we miss them terribly. We miss our neighbors terribly. Wow. Well, look, you've got a big challenge ahead of you. Everybody does here. Is uh, you, you, you have places that you need to go. You need, there's things that need to be done. There's funerals that need to be gone to. Yeah. There's people that need to be buried. Do you understand? If, if they told us how many people really died, if they had released the bodies, if we had them, we'd have a funeral every day. We'd have five funerals every day. We wouldn't get through it in one month. Do you understand what I mean? Mm. This is getting everybody down. And this this is a big source of the problem. You, you, how can you have any closure when it's in, uh, it's incomplete, the story? The, the evidence doesn't match up to the official story. There, there's a big hole. We talked this. about this yeah. a month ago. We did. And we this, did. Yeah. you know, how can we grieve? I don't, I can't begin to understand the limbo in which these people are in. There seems to be no compassion for these people. And I'll tell you, the, the, the survivors, they've got it bad. But the relatives of the deceased also have it bad. And they're so disorientated with what's hit them. Because it's not just they've lost one person. Sometimes they've lost two, three four people in one family yeah they've been so hit hit so badly that they they don't even know that they're entitled to some help for the funeral they don't even know what they're entitled to or even compensation they haven't even got round to seeking legal representation and i'm telling you at this particular moment everybody even the surrounding properties they need legal representation it, a thousand it this is at the radius? Yes. We're talking yes. about thousands of people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to be heard on their own. No, no. They really need to engage Definitely. and take up people's off people on their offers because they think there's been a lot of bravado. Um, we're strong. We're, I've, I've watched it. I've watched the first month people on adrenaline and we're all like um, bionic and we're super women, <laughs> we're super men and we keep going, we keep going. And now we've come to over a month and we're running out of steam and the bravado is like that, that, that mask is falling and we're starting to have nightmares and, and we're waking up in our sleep and we're checking fire escapes and we're checking everything and we think we can smell fire and you know, all this stuff is going on in our heads and it's starting to kick in. Yeah. It, it hadn't, while we were busy make, you know, uh, packing boxes, we didn't get it. Yeah, because we were keeping busy physically. But now it's starting to sink in. What's the extent of it? Yeah. yeah? And we're picking up the pieces alone. Alone. We've left, we've been left to pick up the pieces where criminal negligence is concerned, where we should be throwing the book at them. You know, there are so many health and safety regulations in this country. It's unbelievable. I don't know any country in the world that's got so many health and safety regulations. Why didn't they follow them? We need to be throwing the book at all of them. All of them. Yeah. Right. Everybody in the supply chain, all the stakeholders, quote unquote, all the organizers, all the people who are involved in this chain that led to this disaster. It, it's, I don't need to 
it's amazing. Um, it's it's quite a clear case, actually. There's never been actually a case so clear as this that anyone can <laughs> Isn't remember. Isn't it obvious? Isn't it, it pretty obvious? It's it, you. You don't even need to be that sophisticated or intellectual to see this one. This this one, and I I am waiting in horror as to what this. I'm sorry to be cynical here, but what this inquiry coming up is going to produce is going to be a few sentences. I'm going to be very cynical here, based on past inquiries, a few sentences saying that this wasn't handled properly and. There's definitely some poor practices, and um, but nobody, we're not going to bring any criminal charges. We know it's a whitewash. You can't tell us, Latimer Road people and Ladbroke Grove people, that this is not a whitewash. We know it's a whitewash. And we know it's going to go in the same direction as all the other inquiries, uh, Hillsborough, the pedophile inquiry, all those inquiries were cover-ups, yeah? Okay, so we know they're going to try this business, but I'll tell you that there, there, as I said, there are so many aspects and so many issues. Like the health thing is very important that people understand that they that health issues might occur in the near future. It, yeah, for and, and quite a long time after. And quite a long time. We're, we're t- 20, 10, 20 years even. Maybe 15 years. And, yeah. and they will not think that it's related. Mm. But when when the seal, the ceiling was burnt mm. and the asbestos was released from there and all the fibers were in the air, and we know that there was 11 days we had dry weather, it was sunny, and it, there was a breeze, but there was no rain. And they didn't monitor the air, even though they're saying they did. It's all lies. And people were exposed, the people who were in the building who survived, they were exposed to all the cyanide, all the asbestos, and whatever else they were exposed to, that mm. cocktail, yeah. that cocktail. They might not get ill now. They might, some, a lot of them are ill. I, I was in a meeting, 75% of the people in that room raised their hand when we asked if they had breathing difficulties. 75% wow. of the people from this area, yeah? And, um, but they might not get ill now. They might get ill, as you say, in 10 years' time, 15 years' time. How can they prove and connect? How can their families prove and connect? How can they sue? They can't. It's too far off. Mm. How can you prove that you, you know, you were a secondary victim of the Grenfell Tower? Yep. And and that's potentially, Liz, thousands and tens of thousands, if you really want to be, talk about the catchment area of this disaster, potentially tens of thousands of residents. Obviously, the ones who are in the immediate vicinity would have got the worst of it. But we're talking about stuff can be blowing all over the place in West London. Well, you know, I'm no scientist. I'm just a simple person, a resident here. But on the first day, it burnt. The whole day it was burning. And you know, the song says, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. <laughs> well, in this, yeah. in, this, in this crime, I think the answer was blowing in the wind, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and we were all breathing it in, my friend. And not us only. People in Shepherd's Bush, people as, you know, it, 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 it did. And the posh part of Kensington. Yeah, you know, um, we saw Mr. Rock... Uh, Melon uh, move out of his property up the road here. Yeah, who, he, who was that, Mr. He, he was um, uh, he was in the council as a councillor. Mm. Yeah, he was one of the first people to resign, and they, he said that he was being threatened. And police couldn't find any evidence, but whatever, you were being. Threatened. He took his kids, and he went off somewhere to one of his homes. Yeah, multiple homes, because we're not lucky like that. We don't have a second home yeah. or a third home. 
you know, he's not stupid. He knew that if he stayed here, he, him and his kids and his wife and his cats and his dogs were breathing in that stuff, yeah? 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 yeah. These people protect themselves. They have people who advise them. We don't have anybody. We've only got each other. And that's why we stick together. And we are family. And we're even stronger and more united now than we ever were. This place has history, and this is a moment in history, and everything that is taking place right now, right here, is historic. Yeah, this is. In the words of one of the women who, uh, I think it was Jackie at your meeting, unprecedented. Unprecedented. Well, her favorite word, <laughs> yeah. unprecedented. It's true. Yeah, it so is. We, now, we now write the script, and we are writing the script, as you can see, because yeah. we can't rely on anybody else to write the script, so we're doing it on our own, mm. you know? And, and, you, and I'll tell you the, the, the thing about it is we're people who've hurt a lot. We've been through a lot. Every single family here has had issues with their housing, issues with the TMO, issues galore. Their lives have been made hell. You know, a lot of families have been put in temporary, been moved around, been treated badly. So at the end of the day, they know that only if we stick together can we get any relief from this nightmare we're living we're living a nightmare we wake up and we see the nightmare we go to sleep we see the nightmare the nightmare is not moving from there mm. and we'll be carrying that nightmare around with us for a very long time you know kids adults and reminded of it daily and another thing you know we talk about the kids and yeah correct but what about the elderly who can't bounce back yeah you know, who's, who cares about the elderly? Who's gone round to ask them if they need anything? Who's given them counselling? Well, we just spoke to one of these uh, residents who went to, citizen. Get, went to get a, she went to get a, a, a blood test and they fobbed her off today. Well, um, so, I have know. a personal experience. I went um, to the Westway. Uh, they didn't let me in. They brought the doctor out. The doctor said to me, I've got nowhere to examine you. Could you come to the toilets? And I said, no, I'm not being examined in the toilet. So she stuck a stethoscope down my T-shirt in, in, in the street. And then she said to me, you know, it's emotional and psychological. Then I went to a different doctor and they told me I had a chest infection. I had to go on antibiotics. And that's from inhaling all this smoke and stuff, you know, whatever I've been inhaling. So, you know... All that center was, the West Way, was just for show. It was just for show. To be seen, to be doing to something. To be doing something. Yeah. And they came, it was too little, too late anyway, and we're not buying it anyway. Yeah. We're not buying it anyway. Yes. Well, look, Liz, we're going to, we're, we're running out of time on this segment, but I just want to say thank you for popping in. This was unplanned. I just saw you coming around the corner. We're here on the street in Latimer Road under the Westway, in the shadow of Grenfell Tower. We have spoken to some amazing people this week, and uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll be seeing more of you and some of the other people that we've met this weekend. And uh, good luck with everything that you have. You've got big challenges ahead of you. We think that you're going to meet some of these challenges together with the community, and we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming and caring. Thank you. This Liz... She's off. Uh, she's got her hands full today. But uh, I want to just pull uh, 